Welcome to Valientes First Podcast. My name is Dana Montoya and I am with... Jose Patino. Jose, how's your day going? It's excellent. I had coffee, I had some chicken teriyaki, and I had a good night's sleep, so I'm good. Awesome. I had pita and hummus, and it was bland, but, <laughs> like but it, I survived. So we want to welcome everyone to our first episode. We're going to be talking about the birth of eyes and its beginnings. So, but before we go into it, Jose, let's talk about 9-11. Do you remember where were you in 9-11? Yes, I was in the seventh grade. I woke up early and I saw... Damn, he's old. Seventh grade was. I just moved into that house, my parents' house, and there was a ton of uh, coverage on the news about an incident. And every channel that you put in, you will see that. We didn't know what was happening, but my sisters were older than me were like, something's important because every single channel um, has two towers with smoke. So we know that 9-11 was a very tragic moment for many people who were living here in the U.S. and across the world, but that actually had a lot of impact uh, within immigration. So at that time, it was President Bush, and after nine, before 9-11, he actually was very pro-immigrant. He was talking about legalizing the undocumented community here in the United States. However, after 9-11, we started seeing a reframing of what would happen with, uh, with immigration. We started hearing more about immigration being a national security issue and not necessarily an economic or humanitarian crisis. And we knew that at that moment, we started politicians and the American public were using undocumented immigrants as a scapegoat, really fearing them and thinking that if they would eliminate and deport all undocumented immigrants, we would be a safer country. We know that that was just a tactic of fear, a scapegoating of the undocumented population, and we started seeing how national security and the government started to institutionalize this. But Jose, before we go more into depth, can you really talk to us about um, how ICE began, when it started, when it was created, and how really immigration started becoming, being more of a national security threat? Yeah, so ICE, or Immigration Customs uh, Enforcement, I was created in 2003 uh, under DHS, Department of Homeland Security. So what was happening uh, after 9-11, this was this whole fear of terrorism and national security. And the government, uh, Congress, and the president uh, wanted to have an umbrella where they would have Customs and Border Patrol, uh, which is CPP, uh, TSA, and ICE into one umbrella. Uh, and the whole thing was if we have one department with deals with all, all the issues internal, going to be better able to keep the country safe. Um, so that was the original purpose. Uh, but ICE has three functions. One of them is enforcement and removal of criminal aliens. The other one is investigating illegal movement of people and goods and terrorism. Well, we have seen that throughout the years, ICE has focused specifically on the one, removal of uh, undocumented uh, immigrants. And we have seen the devastation that has caused throughout multiple administrations through the Bush, Obama, and Trump years. George W. Bush was president during 2001 and 2008, and he utilized different tactics that allow ICE to do their work more effectively to deport undocumented people 
making sure that our families would be broken apart and be pretty much terrorized. Some of these tactics were secure communities, the implementation of 287G agreements that Jose will be telling us a little bit more about, but I want you to get a big picture. I want you to imagine that during his presidency of eight years, President Bush deported close to two million people. We're talking about families, we're talking about uncles and moms and aunts. That actually meant close to 250,000 people a year. Imagine that, 250,000 people a year. However, that didn't end there. Right before his termination of presidency from 2007 to 2008, he actually increased his deportation machine to 80,000 people within that year. And, and that was enabled due to the 287G agreement that was created under President Clinton. Jose, can you please tell us about the 287G agreement, what it is, what it does, how it actually helped ICE? So 287G agreements um, have typically from ICE and local um, state police departments where the, through specific training, um, police departments, officers, they act as immigration agents, thereby increasing ICE's capacity by the thousands. Uh, we have seen that specifically happen a lot with Maricopa County Sheriff's Office, Sheriff George Pyle. We've seen those tactics to do work rates uh, and terrorize the community. And something to touch upon is that, imagine this whole state of New Hampshire, which has a population less than two million, in eight years be removed that's what the Bush administration did with undocumented community nationwide. Wiped out the entire population of basically one state of the United States. And we know, Jose, that they also were able to do it by something called Secure Communities or ESCOMs. Can you please tell us what ESCOMs is? Yes, Secure Communities is a program with local agencies. Um, after they arrest an immigrant, they all take them to do the fingerprints and then they have a database with DHS and then they can tell if the person is either a citizen, LPR, green card holder, or doesn't have status. And if they don't have status, then ICE issues a detainer. So and are you telling me, hold on, sorry to interrupt you, but are you telling me that if I'm undocumented and let's say my car uh, has a broken tail light, I get pulled over by the police, let's say the highway patrol, and then they take me into, into the jail prison and then they're gonna take my, my fingerprints and then they're gonna share that fingerprints with ICE? Yeah, that's what happened in 2008, and that's how you saw the increase of deportations under the Bush administration, which continued under the Obama administration. Okay, hold that thought. We're going to be talking about the impact, but just can you please remind people who are listening to us, what was the impact of the Bush administration? What stayed and what did that mean in the eight years of, of the Bush administration? Well, I think if we think initially, it was a great hope of, because Bush promised immigration reform when he was running in 2000. Um, and he actually had Vicente Fernandez, which is the Mexican art, famous artist, in his convention singing. And so he seemed like this was the president who was going to give legalization to millions of people. That was that hope. Uh, after 9-11, you saw the progression of changing from immigrant-friendly to deportation. Uh, we saw the huge change after 2006 immigration uh, marches. Uh, it seemed that a lot of immigration hawks got ultra-afraid and, and just were able to convince the masses that, hey, all these immigrants, we need to deport them. Um, so you saw that progression of the Bush administration from hopeful to at the end, I'm just going to go and deport as many people as I can. And how many people did Bush deport it again? Um, close to 2 million. If you want to be exact, 1,968,816 undocumented immigrants. And you said that that would be close to the population of New... That's bigger than the population of Maine or New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Thank you, Jose.
I can guarantee is that we will have in my first year an immigration bill that I can strongly support and that I am promoting. Those were the words of Senator Barack Obama, a senator that ran in the platform of hope and change. And we as undocumented community and Latinos also believed that he was gonna bring hope and change. However, he was the deported in chief that got during his presidency a high record of three million people getting deported. Three million people that we will never see again and that they will never be reunited with their families. That is an average of close to 350,000 people a year. That is 100,000 more people than President Bush. So how did he get there? How did he get to be, made, to be deporting close to 3 million people? He did it by continuing to use the, the power of ICE, but giving local communities more power to actually collaborate with ICE, what we know as Polymigra. So we know that he, really used the Secure Communities Program, and he also expanded to 287G agreements. Jose, can you please talk to us a little bit more about how he used Secure Communities and what was the impact of the 287G training program under Obama? Yeah, um, so a little bit to think about is that 3 million people just sounds like an arbitrary number, uh, but that's bigger than the state of population state of Kansas, of Utah. So I want us to imagine if eight years from now, Utah becomes empty and there's nobody who lives there. That's what basically the Obama administration did. Um, Secure Communities is a program uh, that initially was piloted by the Bush administration. Uh, and the Obama administration wanted to be seen tough on, on immigration. Um, the whole platform was that if we're able to prove that we're tough on immigrants, that we enforce the laws, then we can pass an immigration reform uh, in, the, in, in Congress that would legalize the undocumented population. So we saw them moving more to the right in terms of enforcement. Um, and we saw the increase of secure communities from, from zero to 1,595 local jurisdictions. Let me stop you states. there. You said moving more to the right, but I mean, he deported annually more than 100,000 people than Bush. So I'm a little bit confused. Break it down. Well, you said the numbers. He deported more people than Bush. So Bush set the standard, and Obama had a choice either continue with the standard, increase deportations, or decrease them. Uh, he ran on the platform that he was going to bring relief. Um, he actually worked with immigrant communities in Chicago as a community organizer. Um, so he knew those communities and the impact that immigration had. So for us, it was very, as a person that I personally walked, uh, knocked doors for him and made calls, it was very hurtful uh, to see the devastation that his administration had on our communities. It was like a betrayal. It was worse than Bush because this was a friend who promised you relief, who promised you hope, who promised you a better life, and you believed it. Uh, maybe we were too naive in not understanding the realities of enforcement at that time. So that's that's the difficult part with the Obama administration. But Jose, you have DACA, and President Obama gave you DACA. Yeah, so what if we see through the numbers, President Obama's immigration decreased after 2014. Um, DACA was announced in 2012. Um, that was presidential election year. Uh, what happened is that a lot of polls showed that he had lost uh, support within the Latino and Asian community. And that was something that he needed to, to win key states like Florida, like Nevada, and Ohio. So with the, And also, additionally, uh, then Senator, well, still Senator Marco Rubio in the Senate proposed a Dreamer bill in the Senate. Uh, and then we saw 
the poll's going down and his he thought hey like i i'll do this i'll do the program daca uh, based on 2010 dream act in order to get support for for my election and that ultimately was the case after he announced daca we saw the polls jumped up we saw when the latino vote and asian vote by record numbers so then what happened, you're telling me that while, yes, President Obama brought relief to undocumented youth, the so-called dreamers, people like you and me who have DACA, also he was increasing the, the deportation, pretty much the deportation machine that already Bush had established. So we saw that Bush deported close to 2 million during his presidency, then Obama deported 3 million people. So what we started seeing under the Obama years was this uh, emphasis of, of deporting the so-called criminals and really putting into priority, while we know that in reality, undocumented people are the ones that engage in very low criminal activity because of because of the fear of getting deported, because they know of the high consequences. So during Obama, we started seeing all these trends about actually believing that if you would be tough on enforcement and on deportations, that was going to bring us relief. But it left us empty-handed with very little relief. Something to note about the Obama administration is the fact that during the last two years of his presidency, there was a big movement from grassroots organizations and impacted people to ensure that the American public was being aware about the number of deportations that happened. It also allowed us to organize due to the fact that Obama ran a very pro-immigrant campaign. And with that, we were not only able to win DACA, but we were also able to win DAPA, which it was a similar program for parents. Unfortunately, it was never put into effect due to a core fight. Uh, however, at that time, we were still able to push President Obama to, to support some undocumented immigrants, and we started to see that in the last two years, deportations actually went down during his last two years in office. This completely has shifted because now we have President Trump in the in the White House who run a very anti-immigrant campaign. And something that to really, really emphasize is that what we had seen during Bush and Obama years is that ICE had incredible power and continue to be emboldened and deported a lot of undocumented immigrants without really solving the problem of, of the undocumented population here in the U.S. So Patino, Jose, that's Jose's last name. He also goes by Patino. Tell us a little bit about the, this, this new Trump administration. How are they using their power to give more power to ICE? And how, what are they doing to increase deportations or have they even increased deportations? Yeah, well, Rina, as you mentioned, um, this is the first president um, in a long time who ran as an anti-immigrant platform. Um, we also saw that under the Obama administration, the last two years, Secret Communities, which is a program that allowed a collaboration between local police departments and ICE, uh, ended. Uh, so the Obama administration ended the program for the last two years. On January 25th, 2017, the Trump administration reinstated the program. And we saw that and then the last two years of the administration, the, the Obama administration, we saw a decrease of 287G agreements. And now we've seen in this administration the increase of 287G agreements. Uh, so we basically have seen that Trump is taking uh, the, the blueprint of Bush and Obama in terms of deportations and implemented, giving ICE more and more power. We have seen ICE now go to hospitals and, and arrest people and deport them. We have seen them try to come into... Uh, schools 
uh, and then we have seen them try to come in. We've been in court in court offices with somebody, for example, goes and reports a domestic violence case or something happening. Uh, ICE has been outside waiting for them to take them. But from my understanding, Jose, that also happened during Bush era. And even uh, and, uh, during Obama, I remember that uh, we were dealing with a case back in 2009 about someone who was in the hospital. So I think that w what are some of the real changes that you have seen under Trump and what are some of the implications besides seeing maybe an increase of, of targeting a specific sensitive locations like hospitals and schools? We see an increase on that. But can you tell us a little bit about the numbers, how many people have the Trump administration deported and what are some, are they revamping? And my understanding from what you said, are they revamping to 87G? Are they revamping to your communities? Can you break it down for us? Yeah, so the Trump administration is revamping these programs. Right now we have seen that the fiscal year 2017, uh, the administration deported 226,119 people. So that's less than any other year from Obama. Uh, so in terms of numbers, we haven't seen the actual Trump deportation machine. The reason being is because Congress hasn't passed an actual budget. So we have seen right now the funding of the 20, the funding levels for DHS and ICE are, are under the Obama administration. So actually this year, we're going to see the effects of the Trump machine uh, increasing in terms of more ICE agents, more money to expand to the 7G agreement, to expand secure communities. So things were actually, this year, we're actually going to feel the effects of the Trump administration. So are you telling us that pretty much the only reason why President Trump has supported less, a little bit less um, than 30,000 people less than Obama is because he hasn't actually gotten his budget approved? Yeah, in short answer, yeah, that's it. Okay, and then I think that something to make sure that the audience is aware of is that that's not necessarily what Trump wants, right? We know that President Trump wants to deport close to 500,000 people a year, and he wants to break the numbers of actually President Obama. So we know that right now it is very difficult for the undocumented community, and we're seeing a lot of the attacks, but we actually are not seeing the real impact of this new administration, and we're not going to probably see it until 2018, correct? That is correct. So as, we, as we're hearing all of this information, it is important that we understand that this is a systemic problem that we have seen during Bush, during Obama, and now a little bit of Trump, at least with his wish list and his platform, that they wanted to continue to embolden ICE. They want to make sure that ICE becomes stronger and becomes more permanent, so then it allows this agency to deport, detain, and provide very little to process for undocumented immigrants. We have to remember that ICE is something new. This agency has less than 15 years that it has been created and implemented. So all of you Latinos and Latinas who celebrate quinceañeras and all of that, you know, imagine just a 15-year-old baby that was created that is doing all this damage in our communities. Yeah, if you look at the numbers, it's close to 5 million, people, 5 million deportations. Um, so we have seen the devastation the trauma has created within uh, local communities. Um, the kids are going to be scarred forever. Uh, seeing their parents deported, seeing their parents detained. Uh, we have seen hundreds of thousands of kids, United States citizens, children, uh, currently in foster care because both of their parents were deported and they didn't have anybody here who has legal status to take care of them. Uh, we have seen that ICE, when they come, when they go, they don't care what um, crime you committed, anything, 
they just go and check if you're undocumented and they go after you. Uh, so with this new administration, it seems that ICE is emboldened. Uh, it feels more free to go after. Um, because at least with the Obama administration, you had the public shame um, that you could go after him. Uh, with this administration, you can't do that. Because again, this is the president who ran as, I'm gonna deport all 11 million. Um, so I think this is a brand new world, as they like to call it, a brand new era. Uh, and historians are gonna write um, stories and gonna interpret things. But for us to understand that ICE ultimate mission is to go and deport people. So we gotta go out there and continue to fight uh, as much as we can. And as you're listening to this information, we here in Aliento believe that knowledge is power, and we encourage you to continue to listen to our to our future podcast that we're gonna be unpacking what this means and why do we continue to have deportations without solving the actual problem because we know that the majority of the American public actually supports a legalization or a pathway to citizenship for the undocumented community. So make sure you tune in and before and before you act, you get to your day, make sure you fill out the survey that we're going to be providing in the link below so you can actually give us your input and we can continue to, to talk about the things that matter to you. Thank you for tuning in. See you until next time. Thank you.